0: Episode 13 of The Cordyceps Crew, an unofficial podcast for HBO's The Last of Us. My name is Richie, and I'm joined by my partner in Crime Club. Hello. And today, we'll be asking an important question. What would the world of The Last of Us look like if the science was just a bit more accurate? <laughs> just, just a bit. Um, this is, I'm excited for this one because uh, there's, I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of learning today. Uh, our... Of course, Club. If you if you haven't if you weren't here for our first episode, I think that's when we talked about the fact. Yeah, that, I think
1: that's the only time we've talked about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, our Club is in the in the world of microbiology. Uh, we, I guess. Do you want to say specifically like what you do uh, or like your background? Yeah,
1: I mean, I have a, I have a PhD in molecular biology, and I'm actually uh, a, a an immunologist right now. So I'm studying immunology. Uh, skin immunology in specific. So I do know a little bit about fungal infections as they pertain to the skin. Um, and um, I know enough to be able to, you know, read pretty much any kind of biology. So I, I learned a little bit about cordyceps um, and I'll, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the real science of cordyceps and how that would actually be portrayed in an alternate, the last of us.
0: That's dope. Like, have you ever studied Tinea pedis? Is that a joke? I <laughs> don't I don't know what that is. It's tiny fetus is a uh, athlete's foot. Oh, no. I <laughs> The only reason I know that is because it's a funny username to be online. <laughs> is... Yeah. Um, no,
1: uh, I, I don't I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the different types of uh, fungus that colonize the skin,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> a fungal infection on the skin. Yeah, uh, but that's not what cordyceps is, so um, yeah, but it is my username in every video game now. Um, <laughs> but anyways, besides that, uh, we got some notes uh, before we jump into things. Uh, and once again, always, as always, uh, follow us on our socials. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. And I'm working on YouTube still. Uh, this weekend is going to be my first foray into that. I have was kind of busy last weekend being in Florida. So... Uh, Didn't really have a whole lot of time uh, to to really dive into that. Uh, But yeah, definitely follow us. It's all the links for these socials are down in the description of the video or not video podcast. Uh, And obviously, if you like that podcast, uh, rate, give us a rating, give us a review. Uh, Let us know what you like. Um, Let us know what things you might want us to talk about in the future, because we've got quite a little bit of time. Uh, until season two comes out and all the feedback is really helpful to us uh, we again we love to build a community here and uh, get you guys input on things and that can only happen if we get uh, ratings reviews and and emails email us at cordyceps crew at gmail.com
1: give us that sweet engagement guys
0: oh yeah we Love that engagement. It's happened one time for us, and it was the best, it was the most glorious moment of my life. <laughs> um, that no, was a not true. We love you, Jeff, though. Thank you for your email. Um, so, other note, uh, we'll be taking our first week off that we've ever taken off. Um, I know where you guys were getting too comfortable with us releasing an episode every Monday, so uh, we decided we're gonna take a week off. Um, but We'll be back on April 24th, and we're going to begin our playthrough of The Last of Us Part 1. So exciting things around the corner. And uh, if you want to play alongside us, start playing now because uh, we'll be jumping into that. You know, on April 24th, we'll be talking about uh, the first bits and pieces of Last of Us Part 1. And, you know, to be a little bit ahead ahead of us, I would imagine would be the the way to go um, to like play the game and then you know, listen to what we have to say about it and our, and our thoughts and our experience with it. So yeah, you can get it on PlayStation or PC. Um, PC has had a bunch of patches. Uh, I did play with it a little bit just to see what the performance was like. I never had huge issues on PC. I know that a lot of people did, uh, but from, it did seem to be a little bit better. Uh, it, it definitely ran a little faster, loaded a little faster. um, I don't think it's going to be perfect on PC yet, but again, that's that's the remastered version, anyways. If you want to just play the normal version that came out way back when, you get a PS3, a PS4, you know, uh, those versions of the game run just fine. So, um, but yeah, that's all I have for for notes. Unless you want anything to add there.
1: Nope. Um, let's let's get into it. Hell yeah.
0: And uh, I'm letting I'm letting Club take the wheel here because uh, he's the one that knows the microbiology. And uh, I read an article in prepar- preparation <laughs> for this. So uh, for me to lead, it seems a little bit uh, silly. So I'm going to let Club do the do all the heavy lifting and I'm going to chime in with whatever thoughts I've got. So sure. Go for it.
1: Um, so I've always thought that the science behind The Last of Us has been fascinating. Um, It originated from um, when Neil Druckmann and and the creators of the game uh, were watching a nature documentary. And that documentary featured a little clip on the, uh, on cordyceps infecting an ant. And from that nature documentary, they had the idea uh, Well, what if this jumped to humans. And that was one of the genesis of how the, the cordyceps infected came to be. Um, Obviously that grew into the game and then now to the show. Um, and i I've always kind of wondered like, you know how accurate is it? And so I remember when it first came out, um, uh, I was we were at Penn State at the time. this was in 2013. Um, I was I was an undergrad at Penn State. And uh, ironically, one of the world's foremost cordyceps researchers is at Penn State University. His name is David Hughes. Um, He runs an entomology lab. And I'd say like half of the publications on cordyceps infections of ants are come out of his lab. Um, I actually had a few friends that worked in his lab. So I've always been kind of drawn to the science behind cordyceps. And when the show came out and the cold open is literally like, Positing, You know, hey, what if this jumped to humans, you know, let's focus on the science, how feasible would it be? Mm-hmm. And it brought that into the limelight. There was a lot of articles published about, you know, wow, this could actually happen. Uh, so I thought it'd be worth it if we took some time to a- <laughs> answer that question. <laughs> would this actually happen? All right. Um, so let's let's talk about, you know, what happens when you get infected by cordyceps in, in The Last of Us, in the game, in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in both the game and the show, Uh, the fungus grows basically throughout the body and overtakes the brain and causes widespread behavioral changes that force the uh, infected humans to become hyper aggressive and attack basically anything that moves or anything that makes sounds. Um, In growing over the brain, it kind of destroys the eyesight. So that's why infected primarily hunt using sound and over time the fungus kind of overtakes the skin and becomes kind of like a hard plating. So those are kinds of the things that are the same between the game and the show in the show. Obviously we've discussed this at length that, that infection gives the, uh, the humans increased like speed and agility. Um, and, uh, It also spreads differently in the game, in the show, in the game, um, you know, you can spread the fungus by biting, but also when uh, infected dies, they basically get overgrown and then start to release spores and Mm -hmm. inhalation of spores is one of the main ways by which you can get infected in the game they took that out for the show. And so it was only direct attack, but they also gave them that weird communication through chemical messaging thing. Like if you touch a cordyceps, you know, a mile away, it'll draw like every infected near you. Um, Decent trade So enough. there's, there's definitely <laughs> some changes between the game and the show. Um, I wanted to ask you off the top, and I think we've touched on this before, which version do you prefer? Like not just the infected, but, but all of it, you know, the, the, how it spreads, um, you know, how many have infected there are in different areas, which, which version do you prefer?
0: Um, I think, you know, I think in the beginning of the show, there were some things that were, that they had changed that I really liked, especially in episode two, you know, I really loved the fact that they communicate through like chemical messages or just, you know, just like touch or feel or whatever. And they, they all work together as like a, like a unit. I thought that that was really cool. Um but for me personally, I think that the game is a much more um it's just much more interesting because it, it seems a little bit more um like I just liked I like the spores. I think like, I understand why they couldn't do it in the game, but I really did like the spores. I think the aesthetic of walking into a area where spores are floating around you and you have to put on a mask and you it, it just creates this claustrophobic feeling. Um, yeah, I think doesn't really get captured that much in the show. Um, and it, it's it just, uh, it's an added element of tension that you kind of miss in the show. And then the fact that in the show, they're not that present at all. Um, mostly because they've, they buff the hell out of them and they're really, are, they're really, uh, it would be pretty unbelievable to, to face them every episode because they're just kind of ridiculous. It'd be a little plot armor. Uh, it would seem. Yeah. So, but that's, yeah, it's for me. I think the game just slightly over the show for me.
1: I, um, I agree. Uh, it feels more grounded. I, I talked in our review. Uh, it feels more atmospheric too in the game. Um, the, the claustrophobic spaces, the spores, the the increased number of infected. It just the environment feels more oppressive and dangerous. So yeah, personally, I like I like the game version better.
0: And there's a and lot of decision. there's a lot of be- like beautiful art that comes out of like the spores and the environment and the atmosphere that comes with yeah. the spores being there. Like. Um, if you've never played the game, there's like, it's one of, I don't know if it was one of the first games to do that, but but it's definitely close to, but like photo mode, like a hyper-realistic photo mode that was like mm. dedicated to, you know, pausing the game and actually taking like really nice screenshots and photos of the game. Um, I just think that like the environment that sports bring just give you much more to work with. I think that it's really cool to look at. I think I posted one of those pictures on Instagram, actually. If you if you want to take a look um, at what I'm talking about, um, yeah, I just you know it, it, the show is cool and it's all well and good, but I just think that that missing atmosphere uh, I, is a little bit yeah. of it. I agree.
1: And um, the game, I think, gets the science more correct—not totally correct, but more correct. So, in the cold open. Um, there's that scientist that basically says I'm worried about a fungal pandemic because fungi can infect the brain and secrete, you know, hallucinogenic agents make people go crazy, you know, a little bit of global warming and all of a sudden they can, they can adapt to living, you know, in humans. And that freaks me out. And that was like the thought experiment that starts the show, you know, Um, we learn more about the fungus. So, how, how does cordyceps actually work? Um, it's it's kind of a loaded question because there are like a billion species of cordyceps, um, and each one infects a different type of insect. So by and large, cordyceps only infects insects, and um, the the speed there's a few species that cause like zombie like behavior. Um, there's one species that infects a couple different types of wasps, but the mo- main species that's been studied and was the, the inspiration for the show is a species that infects carpenter ants. And what happens to these ants, once they're infected with active spores, um, the spores, um, you know, begin to grow inside the animal uh, and overtake the grow into the musculature, grow around the brain, and the ants basically change their behavior. They start leaving the colony. Um, they're driven uh, to high elevation points and where they typically, this is all happening in the forest. So they'll um, climb up trees or plants, um, bite down on leaves, and then die. And the fungus kills them in a high elevation point. Once they're dead, they grow um, large fruiting bodies, which basically release spores from that high elevation point, and those spores spread all over the forest floor to infect more ants, and so the cycle continues. But pretty invariably, the ants um, are you know driven to leave their colony. They climb up high where they die and spread spores.
0: Jesus. Um, yeah. It's a little terrifying, actually.
1: <laughs> it really is. So the spreading of spores is is, is the primary way in which cordyceps spreads in, in nature. There's other species that will um, kind of kill, like caterpillar larvae or moth larvae. Um, those grow on the ground, and they'll spread the spores over the ground on the grass uh, to be eaten. So it depends on the species and the environment, you know, how the spores will best spread. But they're infecting insects, and they're they're um, using the insect's behavior to ensure maximum spore spread so that's kind of like the basic thing you know that when you take away sp- sporulating fungi you're kind of taking away the essence of how cordyceps works
0: like in reality like is is yeah in reality very sp- so that it really is it mainly spread through spores or, or like only le- yes okay mm-hmm. so it's not like now. Is there a zombifying thing or am I I jumping ahead? (laughs) Is there like a, like there isn't any sort of like, I guess, I guess like if Neil Druckmann were to look at that video, the way he would interpret it, like the zombie aspect of it is the fact that it just controls you, right? It controls the insect and makes it go up to this highest point against, you know, its actual will, essentially. Yep. And so that's really the it's not like they're going around biting each other is what basically No
1: so it. so there's no uh aggression in fact it's it's almost they become like catatonic they stop responding to um external stimuli as much they're very focused on their task of just getting up to that that top branch Um they're there's they're less responding to like you know air wind um you know their mission is no longer to be an ant their mission is to crawl up high and die basically Jesus it's crazy pretty brutal rain right?
0: da- down spores among the rest of their ant colony or whatever
1: yep yeah, the spores f- get coated on the ground they get coated on so oftentimes because ants have like foraging trails um if you get if an infected ant um it, it peels off and starts climbing up uh, onto a leaf above a foraging trail it's basically like directly line of fire so um it's it, the, the kind of natural behavior of ants to cluster together in a colony and work as a group. It works in favor of cordyceps, which is just so insidious.
0: Which is why it has different ways of infecting depending on the species. So that makes sense for ants, but it might not make sense for I don't know, a beetle. I don't know. I don't know. Some, yep. some or something. Exactly. Else. Yeah. So no,
1: that's a really good point. Yep. Yeah. That's
0: that's uh, interesting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Don't yeah. envy don't envy insects in that way. No. <laughs> or just in general. So, I w- I would like to be a human, not an insect. Yeah, I would like to be, right I here. mean,
1: I don't envy insects for any number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not just the infection. One, maybe on the top of the list, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm gonna go over a few like things that the show and games portray and Uh, like either debunk them or give credence to them and kind of talk about like we'll talk about like which gets which which gets it right the game or the show so the first thing i want to talk about is like the ability of cordyceps to jump to humans um i know that you sent me that article there's been a, a couple of documented cases of of like rare fungal infections um in the news recently when you see the news of like you know canada albicans Uh, or other rare fungal infections kind of spreading around nursing homes. What's your reaction? Like, does it, does it freak you out? Are you kind of measured about it? What do you think?
0: I, I think initially, I think of course it's like a little, it's a little eerie just because of like, what, like the way it's posited towards us in the last of us. But like, When you kind of read between the lines and you read the fine print of like these articles that circulate rather than just, you know, the the, the headliner that's supposed to grab your attention. Like it's not as scary as it might seem, because from what I've read in articles is that it really it it affects and infects like older people who are pretty much already dying. And that's. Say it. like healthy individuals aren't succumbing to this, and also the fact that like I'm the kind of person where I, when it comes to these kinds of things, like I'm pretty in the dark until it really becomes a problem, and <laughs> maybe that's yeah. a bad Most thing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like yeah. an article is not enough to be like the sky is falling. You know what I mean? So it, it's yeah. kind of like cautious, cautious, but not like I'll probably forget about it in two days. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the thing.
1: So the thing I'll say in general, there are about uh, I don't know, I, this is this is an exaggeration, like a billion different types of fungus. <laughs> so uh, you know, as many different types of, I think people forget like the the diversity of of microbial species. You know, we're familiar with, like, diversity in in wildlife around us, you know, different kinds of birds or whatever. But when we think of bacteria, sometimes we kind of – it kind of gets distilled down to, like, oh, there's, like, E. coli and, like, a couple other species. There's more bacterial diversity in, like, your house than there probably is in the the entire state you live in. You know, there's just so many different kinds of microbes. It's really staggering.
0: Not in this house. My mom is a – (laughs) it's <laughs> cleaner uh mom if you're listening you do a great job of keeping the house yeah, clean
1: not sorry not your house my house mrs richard don't yeah. worry about it. um and each of those different species you know they have different ways of surviving that, that have evolved over the millennia they they thrive in different kinds of environments they require different kinds of nutrients um you know just like different species of of bird or, you know, fish or, or mammal, you know, we live in different environments. We eat different things. Um, Most of the fungi that infect humans grow on like surfaces of organs. So on your skin, um, like in your tongue, on your mouth, like thrush, Um, some live in your gut, but in general, they're living on top of surfaces and oftentimes they're harmless. They grow, you know, they're kind of just, uh, it's called commensal. They're just part of your natural makeup, basically. Um, and sometimes when things go awry, they're given the opportunity to grow out of out of control. Um, so in the case of athlete's foot, if you you know have really wet, damp feet all the time, you're giving that that fungus um, a a basically a pathological opportunity you know you, normally your feet are relatively dry think about when we were evolving we didn't have shoes we you know walked around we had the chance to uh, give our let our feet air out but now we trap them in socks and shoes and we we basically foster this disgusting moist environment and it gives them the chance to grow on our skin right yeah um, so this you know things opetus. change <laughs> things things change over time but in general fungi that infect humans are on our you know outer layers of our surfaces, our epithelial surfaces, which is why it's very hard to develop a vaccine against them because our vaccines train the cells inside your body. There's not a whole lot we can do to protect ourselves from things that are outside of our, you know, cells outside of our bloodstream. Hmm. Um, So if they're growing on external surfaces. um, There's some things our body can do. Our body can make our skin thicker uh, to protect against, you know, pathogens that want to burrow into it, um, it can or make our our gut extra slimy to try to like make things slide down it, like parasites and fungi. But there's nothing it can do to like uh, systemically like destroy fungi that are living on on these surfaces. So,
0: so is that a factor of the like? Is it like a more of like a without? You can't destroy it without destroying part of like your own skin. It's like that part of it. Well, if you
1: think about like your, your cells are in like, you know, they're, they're in at the very basic level, they're inside your body. Right. And a lot of fungi affect surfaces that are outside of your, of your body or outside of your like liquid tissue systems. So there's not much like an immune cell can do to a fungus that's growing on my arm.
0: Okay. (laughs) That that makes Um, sense. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: And uh Which is why in you have your like gut.
0: creams for like for like athletes' foot. You have a cream. Yes, exactly. Right, gotcha. Makes sense. Um
1: and there's a, you know, it's it just gonna be really tricky to to attack them. Um and there's not a lot of fungi that infect like your bloodstream, um, or you know, different types of liquid systems in your body that you're that like a virus or a bacteria would infect that your body is very, very used to. Um mounting an immune response against. But that's that's getting a little too ahead of ourselves here. Basically what I'm saying is, you know, we do have our own fungal problems. Um, but they're just very different because we are different, you know, different organisms than bugs and we have different systems. We're also way more complex. So what win for um, the humans, baby. Win for the humans. <laughs> there so there was a paper that actually looked at how Cordyceps jumps to ant, jump to ants. It was published out of the Hughes Lab in 2019. And they basically did genetic profiling of like all of the different um, species of cordyceps that infect bugs and grouped them by which types of bugs they infect. And they found that the species of cordyceps that infects ants um, actually probably came from another species of cordyceps that infects beetles, um, but doesn't kill beetles, or it doesn't um, turn them into zombies. It just straight up kills them. Um, and when it made the jump to ants it picked up uh, some of those activities that turned them into zombies. Um, so it actually didn't have zombieifying behavior until it jumped into ants or so they claim in this paper oh um uh, and they, they think one of the reasons that it jumped I mean obviously you know the transition from beetles to ants is way different than the transitions from like ants to humans that's uh, a little bit more uh, plausible but also, <laughs> the species of beetles uh, and the species of ants they live in the same types of woodland environments so they were constantly being exposed to each other so the fungus the, like that the progenitor species of corticeps had a lot of opportunities to like you know make the jump basically so it is kind of weird when you think about like a species of fungus that kind of learned or adapted how to zombify its its target so I think in there you can say, hey, you know, they can learn, but it's, you know, the difference between jumping from beetles to ants to like ants to humans is a
0: big jump. I'm closer to a beetle than I am an ant anyways, so. (laughs) don't say that, dude. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) So I would say this is, it's highly, highly unlikely to impossible based off of, you know, those papers, based off what we know about humans, human fungal infections that that a uh, that a zombifying fungus would ever infect a human or be able to do so. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Is that <laughs> well, are you skeptical, or do you think like anything could happen, or are you like, no, I think you're probably right.
0: I mean, oh, well, you mean like am I skeptical that it's likely to affect humans well, at all?
1: Yeah, some people. I think some people are like, well, science has been changed before. I still think it could happen. Or are you like?
0: Nah, I mean I think happened. it's possible for sure. I mean, you know, there it's the thing is like you know, I'm not listen, again, like I'm not the, the expert, but you know, if if it can adapt in one species, like it sh- it can adapt to another species. So, it's just the right conditions and it's or even so like like it, it really depends on what the fungus wants. You know what I mean? Like, does it want to control control us to, the, to spread the virus? Or is it content with, you know, being a surface level thing on your body and then you touch somebody's hand to shake their hand and then they get it, right? Like, at that point, the fungus doesn't need to infect, like, take control of your head or whatever. I don't know. That's, mm. my, that's just my... Uh, elementary level uh, science <laughs> explanation of my of my fears right there but uh yeah I mean I, I think it's, yeah. it's possible that it could do that but
1: hopefully not probable
0: probably not probably not.
1: yeah um so yeah I think we can chalk that up to that's probably the least likely aspect of any of this that it would actually ever evolve to infect us so you know like you said chalk one up for the humans here I think Hell yeah to, Let's go. We got our own problems. <laughs> um, uh, also, I think it's it's important to remember that uh, uh, usually fungi that like try to infect us uh, or that do infect us, they, they use us for our nutrients. And cordyceps typically doesn't use ants for their nutrients. It, you know, in the in the short term, it's it kills them so it can spread. So uh, any fungus that currently infects us, you know, like the Canada albicans, um, it it doesn't need to to like kill us to spread spores because it already gets everything it needs from our bodies. So Mm. also the chance that any of our current uh, species of fungus that infect us like now in reality are unlikely to suddenly become killer fungi because it just totally, you know, goes against their evolutionary programming. So that's another again, another chalk up for the humans.
0: Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better about it, <laughs> just, yeah. just just a little. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny. Like I, I mean, really, it, like I think that my like the fear of it is not a really rooted in reality. Like I feel like it's sad because you know I think we again, like I like I said, like it's only I it only becomes a fear for me when it becomes a problem. And I think that that's a very human flaw, right? It's like well,
1: if it, we worried about everything, you'd just be a neurotic mess.
0: Yeah. So which some people are, yep. <laughs> Um. you know, and being you know, having anxiety, you know, it definitely there are definitely aspects of my life where I over worry about things. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like, I think it's, you know, when it comes to like illness and you know, like things that don't typically, you know. Affect us, you know. I I'm I'm not so worried about it, um, until it actually becomes a you know a main story thing. You know, like it it took. I mean, look, COVID is a great example. I mean, look how slowly people (laughs) were to react to to like the the severity of COVID. You know, it was a lot of us just don't want to think about it or deal with it until it actually is like a oh shit situation. Um, So it's, I think it's a, it's a human, it's a human thing, you know, to, to be a little bit um, more reserved. Skeptical, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, All right. So the next, the next kind of facet is uh, Cordyceps ability to turn humans into ingress, aggressive, like infected killing machines, basically. So um, a few interesting things when you dive into the science, um, another, so these are all papers published out of David Hughes' lab at Penn state. So like, you know, go David and all of this wonderful scientists working under
0: him. That's so um, cool. It's was, like a Penn stater. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Um, he published a paper, uh, his lab did in BMC genomics in 2015. Um, what they did is they, uh, first in an earlier paper, they actually found that a lot of the, um, some of the behaviors that cordyceps, uh, um, encourages and ants are actually like synchronized by time of day, which is like really wild. Um, but it's I assume it's to promote maximum fungal spread because you know ants have a, a rhythmic pattern. Um, and so they they synchronize based off of the time of day, which is just really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. but they uh in, purposely infected ants with cordyceps, and uh they basically um waited until the ant, ants were biting down on leaves. And then they took um, tissue from the ants and the cordyceps and they did genetic analysis on it to try to figure out which genes were being um, what's it's like differentially regulated. So basically like as you as you go throughout the day as different things happen to you, like how much the expression of your genes changes, which basically um, means that, uh, you know, your genes are your codes for everything that makes up you. Um, and they determine how many proteins are made in your body. And, uh, the expression of those proteins can change based off of like what you eat or what time of day it is. Like it's, it's infinitely regulated. Um, and they, uh, they looked at the genetic regulation during the biting behavior and basically found that the cordyceps was, uh, was secreting like like brain altering factors into the ant's brain um, to cause the ants to like chomp down on the leaves and then die. Um, so the cordyceps was growing not around the brain or not into the brain, but around the brain and basically secreting like brain altering chemicals and changing the um, metabolism around the brain to preserve it long enough for the ant to get where it needed to go. And then it was basically controlling the ant's brain by secreting, like by changing the, the neuron firings by changing the metabolic state. And that was what's called was causing the ant to bite down. Um, And it outgrows in the muscles as well. So that, that part of the biology is actually pretty spot on. Like it does secrete brain altering chemicals and preservatives into the brain. Um, So even as the body kind of decays around it, it makes sure the brain continues to go and it controls the ant's behavior by um, changing its neuronal patterning.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So it's well, isn't that a little bit different than what happens in the in the last of us? Because in the last of us, it's like supposedly in the brain, right?
1: I think it I mean I believe they always say it grows. It's growing around the brain. Like when they say Ellie, they have to take a piece of Ellie's brain because it's growing around her brain.
0: Okay, I see. So yeah. All right. Well, that's. I mean, that's a that's interesting because I think. I guess I guess it, it's all like in this the service of like the fungus does everything in its service of itself, right? So like it doesn't, it's not going into the brain to destroy it. To just like render it in incapable of doing anything because then it can't, then the ant will die and they can't go anywhere. So, like, it, exactly, it kind of makes kind of makes sense in that, in that, uh, that respect. So, that's cool. Yeah.
1: It, it preserves it and altered as it, which is just, yeah, it's scary. It's a little scary. It's though. creepy.
0: It's, it's yeah. definitely creepy. <laughs>
1: Um, as for the ability of humans to become like hyper agile killing machines, like they're depicted in the show, um, a paper they published two years ago in the Journal of Theoretical Biology, um, they did some like behavior modeling of ants that were infected by Cordyceps. So they they like just observed them and what they did, how often they did it, and you know, take the normal range of ant behaviors when they're looking for food. Um, you know, they usually have like a pattern of programming. They'll, you know, turn a certain number of times they have just like humans, you know, like for your age, for your physiological state, you have certain things that you do, certain things that you can do, certain things that you can't. Right. Is that fair enough. Yeah. Um, they found that um, none of the behaviors that infected ants exhibited were outside of the normal range so they were still doing the same types of behaviors. They were just changing the frequency of them and the order of them basically. Um, so it's not like the ants were suddenly able to do like backflips or were certainly able to do things that they weren't before. Um, they basically w- went from, you know, uh, they changed their behavioral programming um, to uh, increase into, you know, what's normally like searching behavior and, um, to find the highest possible spot to die. Um, so, you know, they, they noticed increased frequency of, like, turning, so the ants could kind of reorient themselves into where they needed to go. Um, but none of the behaviors were outside of the normal range of ant behaviors, if that makes sense. So the the cordyceps can, can like, control the brain, but it can't, like, introduce new learned behaviors to the brain. It can only... Like, make use of what's already there in the brain, if that makes
0: sense. You can't become Superman. They can't be Super exactly. Ant, rather. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. If I see an ant do a backflip, uh, that's when I'll really be afraid. <laughs> that's, that's when I'll start to be like, all right, this cordyceps thing's a real problem. Because <laughs> uh, that would be great. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. Make a little ant circus, charge ant admission. Probably make some money on that. You can make. Make a few bucks.
1: What that basically says is the whole deal in the show where all of a sudden, you know, you have Miss Miss Grandma Adler who couldn't walk before standing up and sprinting um, very, very... Even in the realm of Cordyceps biology, not going to happen. So, okay. you know, between the lack of spores and the ch- the change in what Cordyceps really does, the, the show's version of Cordyceps is just like, really, really strays pretty far from the science. Whereas the game's version, it's not scientifically, you know, super 100% accurate, but it's closer. It's more feasible that the game's version of Cordyceps would happen in this theoretical universe than the show's version. It's...
0: That's definitely, like... So, do... Does it say anything about, like, the ants, like, when they're in this state of being... Like fed these behaviors from like when they're it's on the brain it's being changing up the the neurons or whatever the science behind firing like messaging to the brain like does it say anything about like them kind of like fighting back in a sense like mentally like is it like is that like a because like in the game you know you can sometimes hear the people who are infected like you know. Talking, I'm almost crying saying, like, and talking, yeah. and yeah, like which is really fucking sad. Um, but is that like a is that like a similar thing to happen to ants, or like once it's infected, it's kind of it's kind of game over. It's like the it's the Cordyceps show, and you know, just-
1: <laughs> well, it's hard to know because ants don't have like a like you know. The fact that they're still doing their same behaviors, yeah, they're still (laughs) doing their same behaviors. So, and the, you know, the brain's firings are changed, but it's not like a total override because that's kind of impossible. So I think if you kind of peel back the layers, it's implied that the ant's basic, basic cognitive function is probably still there, although in what state of like, you know, mind alteration. So my guess is that like, the ant might know what's going on if it was sentient, but it would basically be like so drugged out of its mind that, you know, you wouldn't even know. So in a human sense, I think humans who are, you know, sentient, it'll have a lot more cognitive capacity. I'd have to imagine that at some level, they are still somewhat self-aware or at least somewhat, you know, there although they it would be like it would be like like an out-of-body fever dream drugged up like you know at some point maybe that they would have a some loose sense of what was going on but like the person there would be so in the background it would be hard to know you know
0: yeah it would be hard for them to really come to terms with what's going on with yeah themselves but
1: you know they, they would have certain you know phrases and words locked away you could kind of imagine that you know, when they're, they're talking, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you change kind of the frequency and order of what you're doing, but you're still able to say some of those things. So, you know, in in your mind, if you're doing something regretful and you say like, I don't want to do this, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, that then I, I don't know, maybe, uh, it's just quarter, you know, whatever's left of your brain is kind of like, uh, you know, cordyceps is allowing you to access that part of your brain, but every other part of your brain is doing what cordyceps tells you to do, which is horrifying.
0: Jeez. So I didn't yeah. mean to take it in a really fucked up and no. sad direction.
1: But yeah, it kind of, in, and then I guess the last question that people always have is like, is the vaccine possible? Um, it almost becomes like a moot question at that point because uh, uh, like It depends on which version of Cordyceps you're looking at. You know, the show's version or the game's version. Um, My guess is even with Ellie's like, you know, deal. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, And I don't think they'd have to kill her for it. So my guess is like whatever fungus is growing in Ellie is like a dormant fungus. Um, I don't know why you'd have to take it specifically from her brain even if it's growing around her brain, like it will be dormant all over her body. So you could probably take it from, you know, her bloodstream or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not really sure. Like it's hard to know whether it's like alterations in the fungus or whether it's Ellie's natural, you know, deal. Um, but my guess is like, it would be very difficult to do. And it probably wouldn't require killing her if I had to guess.
0: But that doctor's a real piece of shit.
1: Yeah, he is. He's is probably a real piece of shit. <laughs> but he did. I mean, he didn't know.
0: Yeah, I think. And, I think like even just removing the signs from it, like. Like that. The their ability to take any sort of information or like. Some sort of cure from. You know, Ellie and actually implement it. And we've talked about this. We've talked about this in, you know, the end of, uh, at the end of the season. And, um, even our review of the season, like their, their ability, the fireflies ability to take that information and then turn it into a vaccine. And then, you know, mass produce it in a way where people of the world would get it is pretty like unrealistic. It, it was, yeah. it was a great, like best of intentions, but like logistically probably not going to we can't even handle our, our supply chain issues now <laughs> in in this world exactly uh, to, to think that you know a ragtag group of fireflies is going to be able to bring it across the world uh, was it was a little bit overzealous I think yeah um, but that's that's the unscientific part of it but yeah I mean like you said, I guess no, but that's
1: all part of science. I mean, science also, you need to take into account logistics and feasibility and, you know, whether it's, it's highly unlikely it would ever come to light, even if somehow they had managed to, you know, identify the science behind it, which again, you know, probably not. So anyway, so that's all kind of, uh, I think that's a good, like glimpse behind the curtains of some of the science behind the elements of the show. And like, what it means is that if the show was a hundred percent like science or if the show or the games were a hundred percent scientifically accurate, it would be a lot more like the happening, like M night Shyamalan's the happening where you have people all of a sudden just start acting like, like dispossessed kind of like disinterested and they would kind of phase out. They would probably start like bumping into things and like until they found a way to climb up really high, like, a staircase or if they had enough motor control, like climb a tree or a rock and they would find a way to grip on those, like a rooftop or a top of a rock or a tree and they would die. And then they would get overgrown by fungus and turn into giant like spore creating factories and spreading of spores would be the main way things, things spread. Um, unclear on whether you would need to wear a mask all the time because of, you know, how many spores you would actually need to inhale to get infected and whatever. But yeah, people would probably be wearing like giant gas masks all the time. And you would see, you would see infected people like they wouldn't come after you. They would just be completely in their zone looking for a way to climb up high where you knew that, that at some point they would just die. There's nothing you could do for them.
0: Jesus Christ. I mean, there is something very like that. That is like the happening. That is kind of like, did yeah. they ever reveal what the uh, cause of? I mean, In It's happening. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh it's like a uh, a psycho stimulant uh, that's like released by trees to protect themselves from human deforestation or something. So kind of. I mean, yeah. It, it's yeah. again happening is a little closer to like real life than uh than the game or the show, but
0: that's interesting. Well, the happening. Is a movie that not a lot of people people like. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend watching it again. (laughs) But that's more
1: of the execution.
0: But uh, that's Marky Mark at his not so best. You know,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, and Zoe Deschanel too. Uh Uh, it's kind of like, just like I mean, obviously zombies are terrifying, but like from an existential level, which which of those do you think is scarier? Like. Like, the real-life, like, the more accurate version or the version that's in the games?
0: I think the real-life... If the, if if we got the real-life version of it, I think it would be far more unsettling than the games. I mean, like, obviously, threatening would be... The more threatening one would be the games and the show. Like, you know, the, the fact that, like, something can charge you and infect you by biting you, or that that of course is more threatening, but like there's something severely unsettling about people becoming like dispossessed from like, they're, they're just like mentally dispossessed and doing something that makes absolutely no sense to our behavior. And then dying and releasing spores like that. That's like, that would be very, very terrifying. Um, yeah. Probably more so than the show I th- and the game, in my opinion.
1: So you would imagine in, uh, in this scenario, you're walking through like a suburban area. Like let's you know, let's take the uh, the opening for the game. Hmm. You're you're driving to that suburban area, and uh, and you see like at the top of one of those like buildings along the street, you see someone's like hanging off a rooftop. And there's like a giant stall coming out of them and they're like overgrown with fungus and there's just like a cloud of spores coming out. And you see people against the against the storefronts just banging into windows, like reaching out, looking for doorknobs, anything they can get so they can go into the building and up to the highest floor so they can join that person. Yeah. And there's just <sighs> there's just people like irresponsive people, maybe muttering to themselves. There's someone trying to climb a lamp pole that keeps falling down. He's like bloodied. That's that would be like the real life version of, of yeah, it's cordyceps.
0: It's a horror show. That's that would be a horror yeah. show for sure. And like I don't even know necessarily. Again, like that would be like if it were like kind of to your point, like with the what you were saying in the beginning, how like different species have different versions of this because of what's most effective to like infect people. But like I don't even know. I like I don't know if the ant version is even the most like who knows like if that would be the most effective way to to spread it there might be an even more horrifying way that they would find to to infect all of us so that's that's the part that's like, like i think it's the creepiest part about the whole thing is that like there is so much that we don't really know and that could change depending on like whatever the fungus wants you know it's it's there yeah. it's their way of surviving it's you know that uh and that unknown aspect is really it's really creepy and it well from what I read too is that like fungus in general I mean correct me if I'm wrong it's like a pretty resilient like it's very problematic for insects I mean again we're not insects but you know um but it's like you know of course they can't treat themselves they don't have you know (laughs) they're not running a uh, little med bays in their, in their ant colony. <laughs> little tiny, little tiny ant med bays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, they can be like really problematic, like wiping, like, and not just insects too. Like there are certain, like, I think there were, I read something about like uh, uh, amphibians, like there's like a certain fungus that infects uh, amphibians, which basically just like makes their skin fall off. Um, and it's like, Wipe, it's like killed like 90 species of amphibians like it's there's some like really horrifying shit that fungus does um it's no wonder really where i'm going with this is there's no wonder that people like neil druckman think of this stuff and they're like i can make a story out of this and i can i yeah. can really creep people out um so
1: yeah it's it's all the different i mean your are three there's i guess four different main like pathogens you have viruses bacteria fungus and parasites and parasites are kind of easiest to treat with modern medicine um thank god right yeah (laughs) right because those are those
0: are scary in the wild too
1: yeah as i mean especially in third world countries where they don't have access to modern medicine they're a huge huge problem but um and obviously we know the, the the damages the viruses can do but that's like they mostly like that mostly manifests in like you know gross organ failure there's nothing or you know i think like an ebola virus where people are effusively like you know vomiting blood like that's pretty bad but but i think like mo- some of the, like just like the creepiest insidious shit is mostly like bacteria and fungus you know like flesh-eating
0: bacteria yep. yeah it's, it's terrifying yeah i read that frog thing and i was like i don't I feel bad for frogs. You know, I, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it, I mean, it didn't really matter to me. It's just wearing was just like,
1: like, <laughs> like a whole body skin suit. So you never have to touch another surface again.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I guess I'll, I mean, the people who were walking around uh, during COVID times with the full, like hazmat suits, I don't, they, uh, they would be, in <laughs> they, good sh- right they would in. be, they would be in good shape. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. who's laughing now. <laughs> but,
1: uh. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the show the show doesn't get a lot right. The game gets a little bit more right, but uh I guess it's all in service of storytelling.
0: It seems like mostly the spores. Like the spores is like the big yeah. thing that they take out of the game of the show rather that makes it not as accurate. Um unfortunately, it also makes the show much more uh Te- like tenable to wa- like to watch <laughs> to, as, yeah. as a viewing experience but um you know it it
1: i mean i i think they could have done i mean they were if they're willing to change things they could have said like you know the cordyceps can only make spores when it's in like a dark damp environment so you only have spores in like buildings or or tunnels or like basically i mean that's often where you find spores in the game too right i don't think it would yeah. be out of the out of the realm of possibility to say you have you know your zombies that hunt you down and bite you um but then you know you like humans like infected people seek out like dark spaces or enclosed spaces where they can die and spread spores or something like i don't think that would have
0: been out of the realm of possibility yeah I, and honestly it still could happen i mean it's not like With the power of writing, you can explain anything. (laughs) So, um, I mean, like you said, like they might enter some of these more damp spaces and encounter. I we know for sure that they're going to encounter different kinds of infected for, for sure. So, there's no there's no reason to believe that they won't implement some of. Like I, I honestly would like to see. I don't. I don't know if they completely close the door for spores. Um. Based on I'm just trying to remember if they did that or not with the way that they wrote the first season. But I don't think it's it's not crazy to assume that they could maybe introduce that aspect. Um, no, if they I don't really think so either. To.
1: I don't think they will based off of how adamant they were in the like the behind the scenes credits, but they yeah. could.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I wonder yeah. if a certain a certain type of infected might might throw some uh, ah, some spores, maybe. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Bold prediction, a late bold All right, prediction. Well,
1: th- that's been uh, that's been Science Hour with Club. Thanks for tagging along.
0: That was fun, man. I was I was glad to uh, to learn a lot more. And apparently, M Night Shyamalan is uh, a fungus god. <laughs> he just he knows uh, <laughs> he knows. M Night he Shyamalan knows what- has
1: a better grip on fungal biology than Craig Mazin. I'll tell you that, even though his <laughs> his movie was not about fungi.
0: Uh, <laughs> he got it right by accident. Yeah. Fun fact about uh the happening, uh the movie that M. Night Shyamalan did right after that was uh The Last Airbender. So two oh, yikes. Two questionable movies right in a row. I don't know if that's a fun yeah. fact or just made everybody's day worse, but I thought throw it out <laughs> I, there.
1: I think the darkest thing we've talked about today is M. Night Shyamalan's filmography. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I didn't watch that's the uh the scary, knock in the cabin yeah. uh it's okay. Knock at the cabin. It yeah. just came out. I've heard his, his show on
1: Apple TV is decent, but. What show does
0: he have on Apple TV?
1: It. It's called Servant. It's got Rupert Grint. Ron From Harry Potter. Ron you know, Weasley. Ron Weasley.
0: Oh my God. Well, I'll have to check that out. See, it, see if it's any better than, uh, the last Airbender, which <laughs> it is by default. So
1: yeah, <laughs> pretty much every film that's ever been made. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, <sighs>
1: Anyway, welcome to our last airbender cast. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll be spending one episode just completely dunking on that garbage <laughs> fucking movie uh, and then never talking about it again. But in reality, that was our last of us podcast talking about uh, cordyceps and what it might look like in reality. Thanks again to club for doing a lot of the lug work, and by a lot. I mean, all of the lug work on this episode. Uh, appreciate it, buddy. And uh, if you have any questions, um, you know, any sort of clarification on things, it was a lot of science there. Um, yeah, it was. It, yeah, but I think you 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 gave it in a very in a very like digestible way. I'm not like I love science fiction, but I'm not exactly like a science uh, guru. Um, uh,
1: I sometimes I forget, like I started talking about gene expression and then like halfway through it, I'm like, wait a second. I don't know if that's like a commonly known thing. Like at a certain point, you kind of forget like what's commonly known and like what's known in your field.
0: You so, did fine. I've seen people go way further down the, the, the rabbit hole. Than rabbit that. Hole. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have questions about gene expression, feel free <laughs> to email us at quarter at gmail.com and ask your questions or about anything. Uh, if you want to know what my favorite food is, uh, email us and and I will answer. Um, yeah, that's it All for right. this week. Remember, we're off next week, so if you don't see anything, it's not because we disappeared off the face of the earth. It's because we're taking a break. Uh, yep. well, we'll be back on April twenty fourth.
1: Pretty much wraps up that that was the, this is the end of our kind of like season our our content tailored towards season one of the show, um, and now we're going to be moving back towards uh, the games. Um, then we'll have more assorted content after that. But this kind of uh, this is the last episode uh, of uh, season one of, of the Last of Us show. After this, we'll do different stuff.
0: Hell yeah! Can't wait! Can't wait! Looking forward yeah. to it. All right, bye. See you. Thanks again for tuning into the Cordyceps Crew podcast, an unofficial Last of Us podcast. If you made it this far into the episode and enjoyed what you heard please leave a rating and review wherever you might be listening. Want to reach out to us in person? Feel free to email us at cordycepscrew at gmail.com and we may feature your comment in a future episode. You can follow us on all of our socials, including Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for additional content and updates, all of which will be linked in the episode description. And that wraps it up for this week. We look forward to you joining us next week on this journey through The Last of Us. Thanks, guys.